Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I'm here with Danny Hatch, and we are ready to give you some more news and updates and features and all kinds of good information about Utah movies, not Utah movies, stuff that doesn't have to do with movies at all, because, you know, <laughs> trying to be going open-minded here. How are things going, Danny? I'm doing great. I had an amazing week out in Logan. I got to get away before the fall semester starts. And you know, it was just a great time checking out the town, seeing all the movie stuff they have there. So I'm excited to talk about those local things and all the movies that I got to see. Yeah, well, you can you can only have a good time in Logan. It's uh, I don't know. There there might be a little bit of a bias there. I went there for grad school years ago, and and so there's always there's always a fondness to Cache County, and in, uh, in general that. Uh, oh yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people share, but. Uh, yeah, well, so let's, let's, how about let's hop in and see what's going on in the news because I think that we're going to have a news item that's going to come back to this Cache County subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, something really exciting. Um, there's an update from Salt Lake Film Society. They do this motor cinema thing uh, where it's kind of like this drive-in theater. They show these older films and... Um, you probably know a little bit more about this because you got the update on it. Yeah, uh, right. Well, so there, I know a little bit more about it. I haven't been able to go yet, which is something I'm hoping to address over the next few weeks. And of course, we can report back and, and give you a full breakdown on the experience. But uh, basically, what's the, the origin of this is that because of the pandemic, uh, the you know, film society uh, theaters like the, you know, the Broadway and the Tower in Salt Lake City, you know, weren't able to show traditional movies. Um, and so they instituted a kind of a streaming service where you can watch their brand new movies online, you know, streaming and stuff. But but then they also came up with this fun idea where they would just kind of put together this makeshift drive-in movie theater and just feature old and classic movies. And so that's going to be, they, they did this last year uh, and now they're going to be doing the same thing this year. It's going to, it looks like it's going to be going from like the end of end of August, about mid-October, because they're, you know, wrapping up with some Halloween movies like The Thing and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the idea here is to kind of just put together this this fun kind of makeshift drive-in movie theater so you can have kind of the summer experience, but then also be able to do something with social distancing and see some fun kind of fun old movies. Um, it is actually located, and this is, you know, pretty important, Motor Cinema is located at the film production studio lots of Redmond Movies and Stories, which is at 1075 South, 700 West. Uh, so, of course, it is not at one of the traditional uh, SLFS movie theaters. This is kind of like their third uh, location, and they're just kind of doing this special thing. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, if it, if it goes well, maybe they'll keep doing it even once the pandemic ends or the second pandemic or whatever we're in now we'll just see (laughs) well that was something fun that you mentioned before where um you know with the pandemic it's it's kind of changing the the climate of uh movie making of movie viewing right and so this i you know i think stuff like this will catch on and i mean i i loved um being a small town going to the the drive-in theater which has mm-hmm. now has since burned down actually oh my gosh but like <laughs> i know i know but like you know those, those were some fun um friday saturday nights with friends and um you know it's it's a fun thing so seeing those things re-emerge you know um yeah i, I hope they do continue it 
Right, right. Well, you know, I've been hearing for years and years about like the drive-ins going the way of the dodo and stuff, and and I've just <laughs> been, you know, and I'm I'm still nervous about. It. I just like you, I I grew up, you know, spending a lot of time out at the Redwood Drive-in and going up. Uh, um, the Davis Drive-in used to be one that we would go to. In fact, I think there was one in Bountiful, uh, like right where I grew up, but it actually had closed down by the time I uh, started going to movies. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I I love these places, and you know, every 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 new drive-in experience, I think, is a, is a good thing for it's a good thing for the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe maybe I should add that to my list of things everybody should do. You know, is uh, <laughs> drive be able to drive a manual transmission and make sure that you go to a drive-in movie theater at some point in your life. That'd be that'd be good. So words of wisdom from our very own Josh Cherry there. I try. Uh, <laughs> I try. I love it. So, um, but you know, something I wanted to touch on with this is that uh, one of the theaters that I got to go to this week was the Utah Theater, which is a renovated theater in Logan. So, you know, back to those, you know, yeah. fun ways to see the classic films, right? And right. Um, I got to see Raiders, and we were talking about that one last episode, oh, so cool. I was so excited to see that one again. Um, and, you know, I just, I loved it even more watching it again. I guess it's been a while, and I I forgot all these like little details and everything. So that was a blast, but nice. you know, with the, with the details, um, the Utah theater was really fun to check out. Um, I, I love the renovation they did. It, it looks very uh, classy. I guess they have like little chandeliers and oh, by the entrance and mirrors and the staircase leading up to the balcony, which is where we sat. And um, I, I think it still probably needs a little bit of work. Like, the, the chairs are kind of like high school auditorium kind of chairs. Oh, okay. you know? So so they say that they're still looking for donations and everything. But for a, an inexpensive classic movie experience, it was a blast. And something really fun that I noticed there was how um, it, it's very much for the community. Like yeah. people were shouting across aisles before and after the <laughs> film. And um, you can tell that, like, you know, everyone knows each other. They're all coming for the weekly movie. They do, like, little punch passes. So I'm sure that kind of plays into that whole um, customers coming back sort of thing. But I I was looking up some stuff about it, and it's kind of fun what they're doing with it. They Not only do they show these classic films, they also do theatrical and musical productions. Um, It also has an organ there. So they have the unique opportunity to play a live organ while oh wow um, playing silent films so just like the organ loft in salt lake oh i've, I've never been there that's sick Is, well you, sick like good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like Sorry. you know i'm one of the Sorry. kids it's hip you know <laughs> stop, stop using those trendy words <laughs> Oh God! That's, that's great. No, so so I have to ask though. So not not that this you know would would discourage me or any or, or anybody from from going to spend some time at the Utah Theater, but do they have Red Velvet? Because that that to me is like the classic movie theater aesthetic. You know what they don't? What they have is a lot of um, pink actually. Like that was kind of more their pink. Okay. their look there. Yeah. Um, or salmon, I think, might be um, appropriate, but um, more sophisticated. No, it's yeah. Oh, I they kind of made it have this 
um, opera house feel too. So it's oh, not cool. just theater, but you know, a lot of live performances, they have these like curtained off box office seats. I don't wow. think they're like open for use. Maybe they do when it is opera, but like it looks, yeah, it's, it's definitely not like classic theater look, but I, I, I would love that. But I think they're going for like the high end look, but make it like really affordable for the common viewer, you know? Nice. Well, um, I'll, I'll just have to, uh, right. Well, I'll just, I'll just have to carve out some of the big bucks I'm making off this podcast and make a donation <laughs> and get them some red velvet. Ooh, that might be fun. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That'll be my goal. My, my good, my good deed for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> like a little plaque next to it. That's right. Donated That's right. by Joshua Terry and <laughs> the velvet. The velvet on uh, on donation of the Utah Film Pod. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, oh gosh! So, uh, well, so, I hope so, we do. I hope we do stay tied to these theaters, like with the Salt Lake Film Society stuff, and here with the Utah yeah. Theater. And something we do offer on the Utah.film site is um, there's a section that says Showtimes near you, and you know, going by regions in Utah, it has things like the Salt Lake Film Society. Uh, page link and the link for the Utah theater. So, you know, if you're wanting to check out these um, cool local uh, places, you know, there's, there are links um, to those. Cause I mean, it's just such a fun experience to do something a little, uh, a little different, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's, I, you know, I, I doing photography and, and so I wind up on a lot of road trips and it's always fun to kind of go through, just little communities, you know, throughout Utah and whatever, because there's always like one movie theater and it's usually just kind of a little single screen thing. And I'm just, I don't know. I think it's awesome that they're still there and that they haven't been completely converted over to, you know, cause a lot of them get converted into something else. You know, they were a theater and they became, you know, they might just, it just, might just be for like local stage, you know, musical theater productions or something like that. But I love, I love the little movie houses. So we'll, we were going to make it a priority to feature those in the future. Absolutely. And, uh, and speaking of nostalgia, today's or this podcast's uh, biggest release is all about time and looking back on the past and thinking about events in your history and all kinds of stuff. Um, it's called Reminiscence. It is directed by Lisa Joy. And it's one of those movies. So this is, this is kind of my big takeaway from this. We'll talk a little bit more about what it's about here in a second, but I don't know, Danny. I want to I want to lead with a question here. Like, have you ever have you ever watched a movie and felt yourself thinking, you know, I really like like the world or the universe that this thing is creating, but I don't care about like I want to hear a different story. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of a, a movie in particular, but I know I definitely have had that experience where I'll be watching a movie and I'm like, why aren't we following this guy? Yeah, you know, like, right. That's a good way to put it. Side side character who comes in, it's like this person's like way more interesting. Why are we not? Yeah, focusing on them. No, I think I think that's a, I think that's a good way to put it because that's that's kind of the feeling that I had with this movie because there are mm -hmm. a lot of elements that I really really liked about this, but I kept feeling like. I don't care about this story and I don't mm. particularly feel invested in these people, but I want to spend more time in this place. And 
which is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a unique take. I think I've, you know, like I said, I, I think it's something we've experienced from time to time, sometimes with just side characters or, you know, if a lot, if characters are talking about things that happened before the movie that like, well, I, I want to see that story, right? Like I would, I would rather see that mm-hmm. in the movie. But, uh, but anyway, uh, after, after that, that milk toast, lukewarm introduction, um, <laughs> So, so reminiscence is is kind of a sci-fi noir, you know, uh, detective mystery type movie, uh, thriller. It's got uh, Hugh Jackman playing a protagonist uh, named Nick. Uh, so, so this this takes place uh, in kind of the not so distant future, where it's it's all set in in Miami, um, but this has nothing to do with the typical Miami that you see in in movies and on TV. Um, this is kind of this post-apocalyptic Miami where uh, basically uh, rising ocean levels have flooded a good chunk of Miami and, and any, basically any other coastal city around the world. Um, so half the city is kind of, you know, somewhat underwater. And as part of this, there was some kind of border war. And, and so the characters are kind of referring back to this stuff that's happened in recent years that has kind of put them in this semi-post-apocalyptic dystopian uh, society, um, which is really kind of fun, you know. And this is the movie's not really heavy on special effects, but the effects that they do to kind of portray this this Miami, it's I don't know. It, there's a little bit of a kind of a Blade Runner vibe to it. Um, certainly mm-hmm. not that sophisticated, not that well executed, but but enough to kind of think, oh, this is a cool place. I kind of like to spend more time here. Um, so, so the story focuses again on this character, Nick, who is a war veteran who has this special parlor kind of lounge where clients can come in and basically relive moments from their past. And, and, and so do you remember Minority Report? Did you see that? I, know, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Yeah, yeah. so so it's it's kind of a weird riff on, on a similar idea where, you know, basically what, what happens in, in Reminiscence is that the client uh, lies down in kind of a uh, isolation tank, and they have like this little headset thing on that plugs into their memory or whatever, and then their memories get projected on this this kind of sound stage, and and or I guess originally the technology you know within the the mythos of the of the movie. Originally, it was being used for interrogation during the war, right? So they could go into the, you know, the captive's memory and figure out whether they were lying mm. or whatever. It was, you know, again, this kind of this cool idea. Um, yeah. But then after the war, it's kind of become this kind of addictive, indulgent thing for the general public where, you know, if you're just kind of like missing your long lost loved one or, or you have some happy memory from the past, you know, there's one, one, one character comes in and he is missing his legs and so he likes to go and th- you know go back to this moment when he you know before his accident when he's like playing with his kid and his dog and stuff and and so it's kind of one of these movies that makes you think oh man you know what what would i go back to what would I, what do i want to relive or what do i want to go remember um but you can also see how it's got like this downside where you can get stuck in the past and, and nostalgia and, and and grief can kind of overwhelm you and so so anyway so that's kind of the setting for this thing, and and Nick runs this this lounge, and he also has become addicted to using it because he is obsessed 
with this brief relationship he had sometime in the past that ended when the woman he was involved with, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson, just vanishes. So the first half of it is kind of like, oh, well, he's he's in love with this woman and he wants to find out what happened because he thinks that she didn't just leave him, that there was some nefarious you know, circumstances or something. And so he's trying to figure out clues, like he'll go back in his memories to try to figure out what happened to her and why. Um, but then, of course, the more he learns and the more people he gets connected to as a result, we learn more and more about the story and the circumstances and it connects to like local politics and drug dealers and all this kind of stuff. Which I which I won't give away, but so basically it's kind of like this unfolding, uh, you know, noir, sci-fi mystery, and mm-hmm. and again, like I would love to see a movie about like this rising ocean tide war, you know, thing where everything's getting flooded, and you know, it's so because it, it just seems like kind of a cool setting, kind of a cool context, you know, and and when they talk about. You know, their memory because we don't really see memories of the war. That's kind of the weird thing is, you know, most of the projections are pretty, you know, just kind of your pedestrian day to day memories of, you know, going back to like, like basically when Rebecca Ferguson's character shows up, she, she shows up at the lounge because she's trying to figure out where she left her house keys. And so they go back into her mind to help her like, like go through her day to figure that's it's, it's kind of corny, but it plays into the story eventually. And so, and then, and again, it's, I mean, it's very, very relatable, right? Because everybody can think about some happy memory that would be really cool to actually, you know, relive. And, and so, and of course, you know, I, you know, Hugh Jackman's a lot of fun. I think Rebecca Ferguson has been one of my favorite actresses ever since she, you know, showed up in that Mission Impossible movie. And so oh, yeah. really cool people. And great idea and setting and concept. But about halfway through it, you're just kind of thinking, you know, I'm just not really interested in this particular story. You know, like, mm-hmm. as much as I like the, char- the, the actors, the characters are kind of dull. We don't really know much about them. We don't really care much about them. And it, it seemed like the more I found out about the truth of the story, the less interested I became in it. So that's probably the yeah yeah that's kind of the the most concise way that i would put it so again it's one of these ones that like oh i like enough about this to wish it were better but not enough to really say oh yeah you got to go check it out like i don't think that you would be hugely disappointed to not you know to, to never see it uh but you know like i don't know if you'd necessarily walk out and think oh i can't believe i wasted my money on that you know maybe maybe this is kind of like a five dollar mm-hmm. tuesday type movie or you know, something like that. But uh, for me, it's it's coming in at like two and a half out of four because, you know, I definitely don't really feel like watching it again. Um, I wouldn't totally dissuade people from seeing it, um, but I was I was left wanting more in a not good way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Are you into mysteries at all? Because oh yeah, no, I mean I, mean, I okay. Yeah, no, I like I like a lot of different genres and uh, you know, and mysteries certainly, you know. I mean, I I guess that's what's kind of weird is like I I recognize that okay, well this is kind of supposed to be a film noir, you know, and mm-hmm. and Nick is Which I love that style and like looking at the trailers, like it does look really cool. Yeah, no, it's like they did it, something interesting. And they did and they and kind of to your point, it does have quite a bit in terms of style. 
I would almost say a little bit too much because it almost it almost <laughs> seems to be a little too ponderous for its own good. That's yeah, and and so so it's got some of those appealing elements, but there's just not enough substance to the story itself. I think to really 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 deliver what it should be, you know. So it's like you got all these great tools and pieces, but you're not building anything. There's just, there, you know, it's, I think it's just the, the story and some of the other elements that are just not quite living up to the potential here. Um, it would be, yeah. So it's, 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 it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Cause like I said, I mean, I would love to see another movie set in this, you know, this universe or this version of reality, but this one didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fair. And, and it's, it's a bummer too. Cause like hearing you talk about it, like, it just sounds like, like you said, a perfect mix of things. Like, you know, this dystopian society, film yeah. noir kind of look, um, but also this idea about kind of escapism into like happier yeah, memories, right. right. And not right. being present. And right. like, if you think about the film noir era, like coming out of, um, World War One, between World War One, World War Two, you know that era, yeah. the Depression, you know, like mm -hmm. movies were big during that time, right? Because it was that form of escapism. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential with those elements for sure, yeah. and with the world. Do you think they would revisit the world at all? Were, were there any feelings of that, or is this very oh, standalone? No, I think I think it's intended to be standalone, and I don't think it's going to be successful enough to inspire any kind of significant spinoff like like we would enjoy unfortunately mm -hmm. um and maybe somebody can kind of riff off the idea and do something separate that that's a little bit more yeah i don't know i don't know it's it, it definitely feels like it's you know not meant to be it's it w without giving too much away if it, it the, the ending is very conclusive <laughs> let's put mm -hmm. it that way it's very it's very conclusive that's fair and and well and to also be fair it might just be because i'm i'm so you know of my my inner frustration with coastal bias right because it's it's all about what's happening to the coastal cities and that's that's ruined the world but like you know here in salt lake yeah yeah we're fine yeah it's you know no big deal <laughs> we're just in we're just in flyover country no uh you know not worrying about the great salt lake rising too high so <laughs> i guess I, I don't know our um, our park park flooded over this oh, week did it, it turns really? out yeah no it yeah. totally did it looked like a little duck pond no we got but, uh, um... definitely getting a little more <laughs> a little more of that it's uh, has been welcome yeah. but uh but no but that's it, probably so... as much as we'll get <laughs> Right now, uh, I did I did tease last week that that we saw a movie or that I saw a movie that I actually did like, so we're we're leading with the one that's disappointing, and and now we can talk about one that was actually kind of fun, and uh, and I'm counting on you to to add a lot to this discussion because for for two reasons, uh, number one, uh, you have also seen this one, I have, but. Uh, well, I'll tell you the second reason a little bit later on because that might actually kind of inform our discussion. So the other movie is Free Guy, um, which came out about a week ago, I guess now. And of course, it's a, a little bit more more public. I think this one's been getting quite a bit of publicity. And uh, it's another sci-fi movie. Um, this one is about a, 
a character who he works as a bank teller in this uh, place called Free City, and everything is great in life until he realizes that he's living inside of a video game, and that he is in fact just a video game character. Um, Sean Levy is the director, and again, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays the main character, whose name is Guy, uh, which, which is one of those things that's kind of fun and cute, but also can kind of get confusing if, depending on if you use the term Guy a lot as a, as a general pronoun. Um, that's fair. <laughs> so, so this discussion might get a little bit confusing here and there, but <laughs> we'll, we'll try to we'll try to keep it together. Um, no, it's just 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 like I say, it's it's about this character who you know he kind of has this. He he reminded me a lot of uh, the Emmett character from the Lego movie, who's just kind of yeah, oh, just yeah. glassy-eyed and naive and thinks everything is wonderful and awesome, right? And he kind of has this routine he goes through from day to day where he's, he's working at his bank and you know just kind of going around and getting the same coffee every day. And uh, even, you know, it, it, to kind of to the point, he even is totally happy and smiley even when the bank gets robbed, right? So even if, you know, somebody comes and robs the bank, it's no big deal. Um, but that's also probably because it's such a regular occurrence because this yeah. world. Yeah, I was about to say it's yeah. also when the bank gets robbed. It's not if it, it will happen yeah. multiple times. Be because this world, this free city, is just constant mayhem and chaos, and and to him, it's just basically Grand Theft Auto. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. It's 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 like he's living inside of a Grand Theft Auto first-person shooter type of. Uh, environment which he is and that's that's what he discovers yeah. is that you know all of these people around him who are seem to be kind of integrally you know connected to this violence and mayhem they're always wearing sunglasses and he calls them the sunglass people and they're they're heroes to him and and at some point he gets a pair of his own sunglasses and realizes because this these glasses reveal the game you know the gamer perspective and he discovers that mm -hmm. he's actually inside of a video game and, and and of course he's not a user in the quote-unquote real world he's uh, what, what, what was the term that they used for it? the npc non non-playing yeah and npc non-playable character yeah and so which means that he's like one of the expendable side people who just gets smashed and blown up you know in the process of the other real life gamers playing the game and and so there's that's this weird existential question you know um which kind of gets resolved and it, you know obviously uh, we'll kind of get more into it as we talk but mm -hmm. what's what's going on in the real world right because there is a real world where the sunglass people are you know, you just kind of your your everyday gamers who are who are participating in this. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the what was the name of the actual game? Like, because it's Free City, is that the name of the game too? Free, Free City is the name. It of is the name, name of the game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so, so we spend the time in in Guy's world in the game, but then we also spend time in the again quote quote unquote real world where uh, various characters are trying to make sense of what the heck. There's this you know, NPC character, there's this NPC that is suddenly sentient and, and, you know, an artificial intelligence and, you know, making decisions on its own. And so kind of a fun, fun idea. Um, what did you, what did you, I mean, I, I basically, I mean, to kind of cut to the chase, I gave this one about, you know, three stars out of four, just a good, solid, fun, good movie. Um, but what's your take on this one, Danny? 
Yeah. Um, I loved the world. I loved all the little details, especially once he put the glasses on and, or even before then, like just seeing the mayhem in the background yeah. and where it's just like, Oh yeah, no, our, our buddy's getting mugged over there. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> it's a Monday, yeah. you know, very, like, very matter kind of, of fact. Attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved that. And just all, you know, the, the references, the, um, showing how video games work. I, um, I, I enjoy video games a lot, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, Ryan Reynolds was hilarious. I think, yeah. you know, this was just, it, it was his role. Um, Millie, who's the the girl that he falls for, who's right. an actual um, real-world person, and that's why he goes after the glasses. Like, he wants to be like her and, you know, communicate with her. And, you know, you you mentioned that, like, you know, he realizes he's in a video game, but that doesn't happen for kind of a little bit. So I like this right. moment where he's, he's, he doesn't understand what the glasses are, but he knows it's his way to get to her. And so there's kind of this his motivation. Yeah. And there's this funny dynamic between the two of them where, you know, this is his world. And so he just assumes that it's normal, but then for her, she understands this is a video game. And so they're kind of, at odds there and she thinks he is a playable character for a while so he's acting kind of weird and she just finds that really off-putting but it's it's hilarious seeing those interactions a lot um yeah. another shout out i have to give to the cast um joe curie as keys was yeah really great he's one of the real world people who works on the game so he's kind of the one noticing ryan reynolds's uh guy you know um he notices the the ai there trying to fix the problem but he was he was really really fun um the whole cast i think everyone just really gave it their all to flesh out these characters whether they were in the video game world or in the real world um it, it was really really fun in, in yeah, that it was. way it was no there, yeah. there, there's a very there's there's a very happy fun spirit <laughs> to the vibe to the vibe to the game that i really i really enjoyed and yeah and i think kind of like i said even even though because it, it did really there's some very obvious connections to other movies and the first one that jumped out to me was lego movie the funny other one mm -hmm. that uh i'll just i'll just kind of hint at because i don't want to give away too much about the movie itself but um i wound up watching the original tron uh a few days after oh. seeing free guy without without even not not even as as an intentional connection but but if you watch the original tron there's actually a, a fairly substantial plot point that is identical in both of the movies um <laughs> but uh but in spite of the you know the the similarities and so so i can't give free guy uh, a 100 percent pass for originality but it's still it, it's it, whereas a lot of the movies that i've seen in recent weeks i've i've liked things about them but couldn't really get behind the whole movie this is mm -hmm. one that just kind of felt like, no, nah, this is fun. I can, I can give this one a clear thumbs up and yeah. You know, and you know, something else that helped me see how fun it was is this was another time I got to go to a theater, of course, but like it was packed. Every great. seat was filled, which I hadn't seen in forever, you know, like, but I, I could hear people behind me laughing at certain things. There's this one moment where it's kind of more romantic. It's kind of the turning point in a relationship and, I heard every girl just sigh and aw, <laughs> and it was just, that was super fun, you know, yeah. it, cause this is a very, you know, it has that happy feeling, very energetic. Like um, I think it's great for a big group like that. It was, I think I that agree. added to I the, agree. 
to the atmosphere, you know? It's a movie it's a movie that would be fun to see at least with a group of friends, if not a whole theater full of people. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. No that so so now in, in the sake of being being comprehensive or thorough or whatever, um if there is if there's one thing that I thought could potentially be an issue and was maybe a little bit of a challenge for me because you mentioned that you're you know you're a big fan of video games and stuff like that um mm -hmm. i i am not a gamer and so you know outside of a, a brief flirtation in junior high with nintendo and mario brothers uh and and a long-standing fondness for tetris i'm just i'm not a i'm not a gamer <laughs> um which i think is interesting because one of the aspects of this movie that i think is is really notable is how once once Ryan Reynolds becomes sentient, you know, he starts essentially playing the game, but as a good guy. And so there's this kind of this interesting commentary yeah. on, you know, the nature of violent first person shooter games that I think is interesting because there's so much. And, see, and so th that's the thing I liked. That's one thing I really, really liked about it. Yep. The thing that I felt like might be an obstacle for some people is that it's so heavy on kind of the gamer slash code geek slash technical, you know, because, which is, you know, understandable because it's they have to find a way to kind of toggle between these two different, you know, the gaming world and the real world and explain what is going on. And so I could see how, like, I was able to follow it okay. Like, I, at, at a certain point, I just didn't worry about, okay, well, I, you know, I'm obviously not going to understand everything everybody's referring to. Um, but it did seem like if you don't have a pretty, you know, good grasp of, of gaming and, and just kind of technology, virtual reality stuff in general, there was a lot of that to kind of get through in in terms of exposition and and stuff and so that was one thing that i thought well you know that that might be an impediment to some audiences but not enough to still you know endorse the movie yeah no i think that's a fair point because I, I picked up on that stuff too i mean you know i understood a lot of um those things um you know, they had like YouTube gamers popping up. I knew a lot of those guys. Yeah, you know, and I, so, and I, I saw some of those cameos yeah. and it's like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to know who that person is, but I have no But I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that I had against it and and it's hard, like, so this movie, I, I don't think I enjoyed as, as much as you did because like there are things that like I can't put my finger on, but they're, I just, I don't know. And I think for me, especially after seeing Raiders, a lot of it is like, I care so much <laughs> about how a movie is going to age. Uh, and so this movie is just such a product of now with those yeah. terms, with the certain games, with the cameos, you know? And right. I think some movies can become classics like that, where, uh -huh. you know, you just love the cameo for the sake of the cameo in that movie, not necessarily like you grew up with that right. celebrity. But, right? it, but it comes becomes dated though. It's going to be super dated, but you know, I think there's a lot of good acting and basic story going on where it's like, I think it's going to be okay, but I, I can see that, you know, kind of deterring audiences a little bit. Um, there was one big issue I had with it and that was um, all the sex jokes. There were so, 
so so many innuendos and just like all sorts of weird language you know oh, yeah and and i i understood it like especially with like the real world and the gamers like yeah gamers are vulgar and insane you know like there's kind of that stereotype uh-huh. right right so right. when it played into that like i totally got it when it came to guy's character though and him using certain words it felt kind of weird because like i totally see what you mean with like the emmett from lego movie yeah. but imagine if like emmett also knew all these things where i <laughs> i liked guy most when he was like innocent so like the innuendos when it's like he didn't understand things those were funny but like when he was blatantly saying uh, dirty things it's like it, it i didn't understand the character for you. yeah yeah that, that yeah no and that's well that actually kind of leads into the second i, w- I was gonna I, I hinted earlier that there were two reasons i wanted to get you know your input uh, mm-hmm. and the second one and and i guess i'd have to use this as a, as a criticism as well is that even though i you know definitely liked the movie enjoyed it endorse it etc yeah i don't remember much about it like there's <laughs> You know, because it's been, it's been, gosh, I think it's been about three weeks or so since I saw it. We, we had a fairly early press screening for it um, that was yeah. a good two weeks before it came out. And of course, it's been out for a week now uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as of our recording. And I don't remember a whole lot of details. You know, there, there's, I, I, which tells me that this is a movie that's fun to see, but isn't going to be memorable enough that it's, you know, oh, I gotta go. I I don't know that I that this is going to be any kind of a classic comedy in the years to come, unless, and in mm-hmm. here again, you could speak to this more than I could, unless it's really tapping into the gamer culture in a way that is going to really resonate with them. Um, this was just kind of a fun, lightweight, see it, enjoy it, forget about it, little movie for the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree because I think that's why they held off on the release for so long. Where this needed to be a movie shown in front of a packed audience, uh, so yeah. that everyone can have a good time with it. Maybe a few will buy it because it's like, oh, you know, I I am that audience. I I love the video game thing, or the story really resonated with me. Maybe in it for the romance. I don't know. You know, like there might be certain elements that audiences will want to to remember but i think for the most part it's you know the the blockbuster in theater kind of movie yeah yeah and which which is a a tricky thing right now because i i've heard on more than one occasion the idea that that the even though we've been getting more movies out recently um that the choice of movies we're getting is intentional in the sense that these aren't necessarily like the heavy hitters these are let's test this out and see how things go. Mm-hmm. And if, if people don't come out in droves to see these movies, no big loss, you know? I mean, I, I, I've heard, I heard that about, you know, cause I, I mean, I, I've been reading that uh, the suicide squad just, you know, got good reviews apparently from other people, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <Ouch. laughs> but didn't, no, and I did, I didn't hate it. I, I liked no. a lot. It, it was, again, it was one of those things where I liked a lot of things about it. I just didn't mm-hmm. like it altogether. Um, yeah. But but still, just didn't do very well box office mm-hmm. wise, and is being considered a flop. And and so so it, it the these these movies might still just be testing the waters. And 
you know, not, not to veer off onto the COVID subject too much, but, you know, based on what we're seeing at the moment, who knows if, if we're getting ready to go back underwater for a little while, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, let's, uh, let's move on to the feature for today. Cause I, I don't know, unless you have anything more to say about free guy, I'm kind of excited to talk about our next subject. Yeah, no, I think that covers free guy where it's a, it's a fun movie to see. Um, if that, you know, piques your interest, it, it was a good time. So I, I think we covered that one pretty well. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Because, um, it's the end of August, August 20th, when we're, we're actually recording this. And, uh, traditionally not one of my favorite times of year, because, uh, I remember as a kid, August used to drive me crazy because <laughs> June and July were like solid summer months. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Even if, because I, you know, when I was when I was growing up, we used to get out about the first week or so in June, and I think that's pretty similar to now. Um, but then August, I always hated because it's like, yeah, it's still summer, but before the end of this month, get me back to school. And and uh, I, as far as I can tell, like I don't start well, and you don't start because we're both connected to Weber State until mm-hmm. um, the thirtieth, so we still yeah. got a little bit of time left. But I think that's still places, technically in August. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But then I think, I think, uh, this past week, other, a lot of other, you know, kids have started going back to school. So yeah, with that in mind, we decided that we should share some of our favorite back to school recommendations for movies. And, uh, this was, this was kind of an interesting experience. Um, maybe before you tell, tell our loyal listeners what you came up with, <laughs> Why don't, why don't you, why don't, Dan, if you wouldn't mind, how about you start off? Uh-huh. Tell, tell us a little bit about your experience figuring out what movie you want to recommend as your, your back to school, whether it's a favorite, whether it's a, just a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, cause I, cause I think the process of coming up with these, these movies is almost more interesting than the movies themselves in some cases, <laughs> but, but I'm going to pitch it over to you. I, I thought this was a, a great idea for us to do this, you know, thematically back to school. Um, and as I started thinking about what movie to pick, I realized I don't watch a lot of school movies, I don't think. <laughs> At least not ones that I'd like recommend. Like my biggest back to school movie would probably be like high school musical back in the day, you know. Oh gosh, and that's right. Now yeah. yeah, but like now it's like I don't really wanna, you know, highlight that one and you know, um, I'm I'm really picky when it comes to kid actors, and and but when I find a good one, it's like, oh my goodness, this movie's amazing. So, um, so I was uh, last night just panicking, trying to figure out what movie to pick, and um, my husband reminded me that movie that I talk about a lot, um, which it's in hopes of convincing him to someday watch it, is um, Eighth Grade. Which oh, is written and directed by Bo Burnham, who I think is just, he's brilliant. And this movie is just so accurate in the most painful ways, but also just adorable ways possible. It, it nails it. And I think eighth grade was like my worst school year. So well, there's it's something everybody's about worst that school too. year. That's <laughs> yeah, what's exactly. so great about this movie is it's universal. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you can't connect to this unless you're just a terrible person. Who, <laughs> who was making everybody else's life miserable in the eighth grade? Uh, yeah, no, it's so sorry, true. Sorry, sorry, keep and, talking. 
No, and, and the fun thing is, this came out this summer that um, I had just graduated from high school, and my brother had just finished up eighth grade, and he was yeah. going into high school the next year. And um, so we watched it together, and it was just the two of us. And so there's kind of something fun there, you know, that bonding, but also just laughing at it. And sometimes, like, oh, I'm trying to remember a specific moment. Like, I think they were, like, in a hallway, and this one kid was, like, playing with his gum outside of his mouth. And my brother was like, oh, my gosh, I was that kid. And, you know, just, like, little <laughs> things like that. It was just, it was hilarious. And I think this story is just so fun um, yeah. about, you know, a girl just getting ready for high school. Um, she has, like, a little YouTube channel, which is, you know, something oh, very tight. right. Over I had Burnham. forgotten about, because I, oh, yeah. yeah, it's coming back now. Where she, yeah, where she, like, gives little advice on, like, putting yourself oh. out there, even though she was... Because uh, she's got, like, four followers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hardly anybody. <laughs> basically no views. And um, she's voted most quiet um, yeah, at the right. end of the year and stuff like that. There's something oh, so yeah. authentic about um, Elsie Fisher is the one who plays Kayla. That's right. That's um, right. There's something so just genuine about her performance. And a lot of it, she said, is, like, this is just me, you know? Yeah. And... You know, that's so fun to watch. And then, you know, she does step out of her comfort zone and she does little things to get closer with her dad. And so like any little sign of progress, you just, you cheer for her. You're so excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, it's very realistic. It's not like, you know, in other no, movies you don't. where you do this big, great thing and you're amazing and you're suddenly like high school quarterback and stuff like that. It's like most of us are just average, but it's making mm -hmm. those little steps. It's um, you know, that's what's beautiful, I think, about growing up and about life. So it's just it's such a great film. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so I'm so glad you chose that one because that one didn't occur to me. And maybe maybe it's because <laughs> I've just been desperately trying to to block anything junior high related out of my <laughs> my memory. Um but yeah, no, that one and she she is so adorable. Just you know, your heart just goes out for her constantly and cheers for her and just because you just know the odds that are stacked against her just because that's just the way life is at that <laughs> age. And, and she's trying and she, she's out there, you know, and, and, and doing her best. And, and like this, this, like I said, the social media thing is so like, Oh, this poor girl, you know, she's out there and it's, she's so sincere and just happy and putting on a good face, even though nobody cares. And, and, Oh, just because it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's still, like a positive, it's, it, I'd still think of it as an uplifting movie, you know? Yeah. And yeah, excellent choice. Excellent one. I, I'm almost embarrassed now <laughs> because, because mine does not carry that same <laughs> value. I guess. No, cause I, cause I had a tough time with this one. I, yeah. you know, I, just like you said, I, I thought this was, oh crap. And say, now I'm not even thinking of another one. Oh my gosh. There's so many good ones. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, the movie that I planned to feature just changed in the last two minutes, um, and I'll I'll explain why because part of part of my my struggle with this, you know, is okay. So what is like what should qualify right? Because there are lots of movies that have scenes at school right, or or that have protagonists or characters who are students, but it, it's not really a school movie, right? 
And, and so, you know, because one of the ones I was thinking about sharing was uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl from oh. about, uh, yeah, five or six years ago where, you know, it's this, this, this kid who's kind of alienated and just kind of a loner uh, through, through the coercion of his mother winds up befriending this girl, his classmate who has cancer. And so they, they kind of develop this, this strange kind of uneasy friendship over the course of the year. And, and as he's kind of trying to get ready for college and she's obviously, you know, facing, you know, mortality. Um, and so there are lots of scenes that take place at school and, and the film features one of my all time favorite teacher characters, uh, John Bernthal plays, uh, the history teacher mm -hmm. that, uh, the main character kind of hangs out with, um, again, because he's just kind of this loner who's alienated from all of his, you know, the kids, his own age, um, but it's like, well, that's not really a school movie, though. That's it's something else. And and then I didn't want to go with one of the obvious ones. It's like, oh, I could say Dead Poet Society or, you know, something like that. I didn't like even that, think which, about Dead Poets. Man. Oh, yeah. No, and the more I thought about it, you know, the, the list got long. There really are a lot of, you know, I mean, even like Animal House, right? It's kind of a college kind of crazy movie. And I, and I thought, well, you know, as a, as a, as a child of the 80s, it would be logical for me to, to share a John Hughes movie because that was such a, you know, a huge thing. I've never really been a big fan of, you know, Breakfast Club or, you know, Pretty in Pink or the Molly Ringwald stuff. Um, well, honestly, I was too young. Part of, part of the mm, reason I didn't true. connect to those movies is because they came out while I was around, but I was too young. This was like way before I was old enough to kind of appreciate, you know, certainly something like Breakfast Club, which was just way over my head. Um, uh, but, uh, the other one I was thinking was like, well, what about Ferris Bueller's day off? Because that's, again, it's like, is that a school movie or is that a kid who takes a break from school movie? That's a right? ditch the school whole... movie. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. And I thought, well, that's not, that's not a good one to share at like August because yeah. we're all returning and this is depressing <laughs> and, you know, it's gotta be something about the school experience. And so eventually... I am getting somewhere eventually here. Um, so earlier this morning, I thought, well, what about School of Rock? Which, which is not one of my, which is a good movie, but not one of my favorite movies. Uh, 2003, Jack Black plays this kind of, uh, you know, roustabout who gets kicked out of his band, winds up taking a job as a substitute teacher, and teaches these kids to put together their own rock band, right? Fun little movie. Like I said, not one of my all-time favorites. I think I might have only watched all the way through only once or twice. Mm -hmm. um, but good movie, fun movie. And then kind of given my own background with music, oh, yeah, no, that would be – that's kind of a good choice, something that I relate to because, you know, I – in fact, the the band that I currently play with, my my kind of – I don't know if you call it my present band because I've been in and out a lot of a lot over the years. You know, me and me and Jack Black have that in common. Um, <laughs> the uh, we the the band that I currently play with is actually we actually got our start playing for kids. Like we were put together. One of my one of my best friends, his wife, uh, put us together to play a show at a charter school in North Salt Lake years ago, and it was kind of like a school assembly where. Like, oh, if you kids raise enough money for this school fundraiser thing we're doing, we'll celebrate when we'll have this big assembly and we'll have a real rock band to play for you, right? And so <laughs> so she, like, said, you know, hey, hey Brett, get get a hold of Josh and Randy and everybody and let's put a band together. And so so a couple of years in a row, we would just play these annual 
kind of you know three song sets over at the at the charter school and they were just a blast like i i, Oh, I have how never fun. had a more fun audience than than these kids um and i could say all kinds of cynical things about oh yeah they don't know any better and you didn't you didn't worry about screwing up because you know they just love the noise but like it was the 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 vibe the atmosphere it was so much fun and and still to this day uh the, the, we did we wound up doing three shows for them all together over the course of about three or four years and just great stuff which you know i could tell more stories but i'll try to stay on point so school of rock seemed like the obvious choice until i got on the school of rock imdb page and saw a linked trailer for one of my all-time favorite movies that i had completely spaced and which is so much better and so much more perfect as my recommendation for a back to school movie and that is sing street Oh, okay. did you see this one I have not seen this. i 100 percent endorse and recommend sing street as a back to school movie as a music movie as a good movie like everything every like the soundtrack is incredible the it's it's like fun as a romantic comedy it's awesome as this coming coming of age movie uh i saw this and even even as a fun movie to see with the crowd i saw this at sundance uh back in uh, 2016 i think it was just kind of a packed packed little house and such a great vibe this this is the story it's set in the 80s and it's about this kid who's you know 15 16 years old and he starts a band at his school exclusively to impress a girl he's got this there's there's this girl who so he's going to an all boys school and it's it's actually called sing street um but like s y n g e or something like that and and there's this girl that he always notices across the street who's always kind of hanging out and like smoking on the front doorstep and and so one day he gets up the nerve to go and try to try to talk to her and winds up like lying to her that he's in a band and he convinces her like she mentions that she's like a part-time model or something like this right and and so so he's like oh well you should you know you should come be in one of our videos <laughs> and then probably like walks across the street and tells his best friends like, dude we've got to start a band <laughs> like <laughs> there's because he's got to he's got to do this whole thing just to kind of preserve this you know this phony <laughs> uh you know this lie <laughs> but um it's from it's from john carney the direct is the director he's the same guy who did uh once and begin again and if you've seen any of those oh wow are, yeah. yeah no i love once yeah, yeah. no every, everybody who's ever seen once that i've talked to loved it once so so this is the same guy um this cool. one is a P, this one's pg-13 um so it's not I mean, his other movies aren't, you know, it's mostly just kind of language and, and, uh, and profanity that's made them are, but this one's a PG-13. Um, mm -hmm. It is so fun. And it's got this great 80s soundtrack, plus it's mixed in with music that the actual band plays because, so, so this kid, he winds up forming this band and kind of finds random classmates and stuff who do different things. And, and they basically put together a school band and you know and, and it are building up to you know kind of like a uh, a school assembly is is their big finale and of course he's trying to 
you know, to date the girl and and stuff. And that that obviously doesn't go smoothly because that wouldn't be a very good movie if it did. It's it's set in Ireland. Um, and so yeah. it's during the 1980s. It's a very, you know, very uh, uh, difficult economic times. And so one of one of the, you know, the main themes is just kind of how people are kind of impoverished and and music is kind of a a way to find happiness and joy in the middle of rough circumstances. Um, and so, so Connor is the main kid. Uh, uh, Ferdio Walsh Pilo is the actor um, who I sad to say, this is the only thing I've seen him in so far. Lucy Boynton is uh, the girl. And if you see her, you probably recognize her from a few other things. Cause she's been in, I think I want to say she was in the new uh, murder in the Orient Express. Oh, she played, she also played, um, the wife in Bohemian Rhapsody. So she was in oh, that. Okay. Yeah. But then uh, the character that really jumped out at me is Connor's older brother, Brendan, who's played by Jack Rayner, who you probably would recognize. Uh, he was in Midsummer, which I have not seen, but he also played in one of the Transformers movies, which is kind of unfortunate because <laughs> when I found that afterwards, like, oh my gosh, I really love this guy, this movie. But he's, he's also in this crap Transformers movie. And, but anyway, the older, and I know, again, don't want to like say too much about it, but his, his character, like, I'm not sure if he got any kind of supporting actor type of accolades, but if he didn't, he should have. And just, I don't know. I, I don't want to give too much away because I think if you, if you like any of these genres or any of these elements, you really got to go see it on your own. But yeah, 100% um, back to school or no, this is one of my best recommendations I can make. That's awesome. I'm so glad you were able to remember that. I, I think yeah. we both kind of had an issue drawing uh, blanks and everything. But I mean, as soon as you started listing off movies, like I just realized there's so many great back to school movies out there that I just totally spaced out on. And now I've got something, something new to watch, new that I need to watch, yeah. and so and maybe maybe something I need to go back and rewatch because eighth grade that was that was a good one that <laughs> that, was that gave me I that mean it's me positive painful. vibes. You you have to prepare right. for the cringe. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's there, but it's there's there's a value to it. There really is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, and certainly no obligation because I was going to say like maybe you know as we kind of wrap up here, we can mention some of the uh, other places you can catch up with us and what we're doing um but mm-hmm. maybe i don't know maybe we give it some thought but we might want to maybe we got to write up like a recommendation of like a kind of a feature article or a top 10 list of of some of these that we can post on on our website utah.film uh so you can find out a little bit more yeah i think that's a great idea we'll definitely get on that nice. and hopefully you guys can watch those movies with us that's right. And in the meantime, uh, we are putting up uh, new reviews and content on utah.film. Should have a review for Reminiscence Up, uh, hopefully by the time you hear this recording, because, uh, you know, seeing as it's already in theaters, I probably ought to post my review. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for your participation. Danny, any final thoughts before we let our audience go about what their, what their daily lives? Um, good luck getting back to school. I know I'm needing it, so it's mostly for me. But um. <laughs> speaking from the other side of the table, the teachers are just as stressed. So <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, be sure to uh, leave comments and messages and all kinds of happy, good vibes and stuff like that. And 
good luck back to school, back to work, back to life in general. We will see you next time. Thank you.